Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is the basis of stress. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. My name is Roland. The program is called Shedding Shackles. Today, I want to talk about one of my favorite topics. And when you hear what it's going to be, you're going to say, well, how can that be your favorite topic? Well, it's one of my favorite topics because it gets right to the heart of what has gone wrong with so many of our lives. You know, how many of you began life? I know you all did. You began life figuring, well, it's going to be good. I'm not going to argue like my parents did. I'm going to find somebody that's really nice. We'll get married. We'll be happy forever after. And you look forward to a bright future. And then one thing led to another. And as the years went by, all of a sudden one day you saw that you were upset and unhappy. And something is missing from your life. And your relationship with your partner is not so good. Maybe there's been a divorce or a separation and you're remarried or have another partner. And it's not so good either. And the relationship with your kids is not so good. And somehow you feel like something went wrong. You don't know what it is. You don't know why. You, you had said to yourself, I'm never going to argue like my parents did. Never, never, never. And then all of a sudden you find yourself just like them. How did that happen? Well... There are reasons, and today I'm going to focus on a very basic, very basic thing that you do. You may not even be aware of it most of the time. You do this every day, and it's a very small thing, and it is the basis of the ruination of your life and your relationships. What is that little thing that you do every day? You may not even be aware of it. You do it possibly several times a day. And it ruins your life. What is that thing? And it's also the basis of stress, incidentally. It. When you do it, it causes you to be stressed. Now... What is that thing? Some of you already know what it is. It's a little thing that you do that's a mistake. And you know what it's called? It's called resentment. It's called resentment. Now today I'm going to talk about it a little differently than I have perhaps on other programs and other audio and other videos and other in some of my books. I'll talk about it from a little different perspective. I want you to see that the purpose of cruelty and the purpose of a kind of a, of a very clever ploy that is so clever that it can really get to you, the purpose of it is to make you resentful. That's what the purpose of cruelty is in the clever ploy. Now, I'm going to give you a little example. You're going to go out for a walk. And then you say, well, I'm going to go for a walk. 
And then somebody says, well, you got to go for a walk because it's good for you. You're not getting enough exercise. You're not getting enough sunshine. And immediately the tendency is to resent those remarks and the person who made them. Now, why? Why do we resent it? Well, it's ve there are several aspects to it, but it's very clever. It's very subtle. It's devilishly clever, if you'll pardon the expression. First of all, it's an attempt to make a different reason for what you're doing. You're, you want to go for a walk because you felt like going for a walk. They're making you go for a walk because it's good for you and you're not getting enough exercise and you're not getting enough sunlight. See? So you could resent it for that reason. You could resent the insinuation that you haven't been living right, that you haven't been getting enough exercise, even if it's true. Maybe you haven't been getting enough exercise, you haven't been getting enough sunlight, but the insinuation is there and it's a little bit of an intimidation, isn't it? So they're forcing you to, to either say that you haven't been getting enough exercise and enough sunlight if it's not true, or forcing you to admit that you haven't if it is true. You see what I mean? And you resent being forced to do that. Secondly, you may resent having someone intrude into your private space. You know, it's your own life, your own reasons for doing things. You don't have to answer to other people. It's none of their business why you go for a walk. None of their business. But look, they're intruding where they're stepping over the line and intruding into your space. Do you understand? Then another reason for resenting is, let's say, it's your, your mom who's telling you that, or your wife who's telling you that, or your husband who's telling you that. And it's just another example of what they do all the time. And you resent their doing it. You know why you resent it? Because when they, when they do that, you see that you're a slave you're trapped. You don't know how to speak up to them and ask them not to intrude into your, your business. You don't know how to do it without becoming angry and resentful. And then when you're angry, you say it in an angry way and then you feel guilty. And so because it always makes you angry and guilty, you don't say anything. So you climb up and say nothing, but that's another intimidation. You see? So do you see the subtlety of it? And so they say something to you, and you resent it for whatever reason, and then you you see that you're resenting it. You understand? See, human beings, not only do we see, but we can understand. Not only do we hear, but we can understand. We can see and perceive and hear and understand. And we can see that we see. And we can see that we're seeing that we see. Do you understand? We have that. Animals don't have that. Animal sees... The human can see that he sees or see that she sees. You understand? So you see that you're resentful. And you resent that because you realize that it's your weakness. It's your Achilles heel. You realize that you don't have patience. You don't have love. You don't have perfect poise. You don't have perfect control over yourself. And they're able to get to you very easily, aren't they? And you resent seeing that. So you see all the different reasons for resenting. And then another another reason for resenting it is because you know that you should change the way you react to people. You know that you get resentful at people and angry at them and you get your feelings hurt and all that. And you see that it's a weakness. You see that it's immature. You see that you shouldn't be doing that, but you don't know how to stop yourself. And so you resent that. 
See? So there's just all these different things. But you know what resentment really signals? It signals an ego, a pride, trying to make things right, trying to look right, trying to hide its weaknesses, not wanting to admit it's wrong. You see? So if you want to hide your weaknesses and you don't want to admit that you're wrong and you don't want to see that you keep messing up, if you don't want to see any of that, then what does that mean? It means you, you have to hide from the light. You have to separate from God's light of truth because in the light, you can see that you're messing up. You can see that you're, you have a weakness. You understand? So in a sense, you're also resenting the light. That's right. You're resenting God's light for showing you your own wrong. So you have to stay separate from it. And resentment is the mechanism. Resentment is the mechanism of separation from God's light of truth. I'm a man with a microphone, so I, people ask, no, I don't have a church. I do not have a church. I'm just a person. And I open my mouth and I talk. And if what I say strikes a responsive chord, then that's good. God's light of truth, it's, um, it's a presence. It's like conscience. When, see, when you apprehend God's light, when you sense it, and when you sense what it's trying to show you, then it feels like conscience. See, if you always walked in God's light and you loved the light and you never strayed from the light, then it would just be intuition. It would just be you would wordlessly see and wordlessly realize. But when you're wrong, then it makes you aware that you're wrong. You see what I mean? And so when you, when you see that you're wrong and you don't want to see that you're wrong, then you have to resent God's light of truth for showing you. So, resentment. See, resentment. It is the switch. Here's another way of looking at it. It's a switch. It's a switch between light and dark. It's a switch between truth and separation from truth. It's a switch between love and patience and separation from love and patience. Throw the switch by resenting, and immediately your alone ego, your alone ego, fighting and struggling to try to make things right and make yourself right. And the more you struggle, see, the more you sink in the quicksand of struggle. So, do you see that it's a little mechanism, that it's a little switch? And so, let's put it another way. Let's say that you are a little bit, somebody says something to you and it's a bit painful. They say, well, you should go for a walk because you never get enough exercise and you're not getting enough sunlight. Well, it's a bit painful. It's a bit painful to see that you're a slave, that you're subject to them, that you're intimidated by them, that you can't speak up without anger, so you have to remain silent. And by remaining silent, you remain subject. And it's painful to see that you that you have this weakness and that you don't have perfect patience and perfect equanimity. It's painful to see. And it's painful to bear their, their intrusion without knowing what to do about it. It's a bit painful. So you feel trapped. 
between the devil and the deep blue sea, between a rock and a hard place. Speak up angrily, get angry over it, and all of a sudden you're mean, and all, all of a sudden you're even worse than you were, and they see it, and then you resent that they see that. Don't say anything, remain silent, clam up, and then you're just a doormat for people to walk over. So it's a bit painful. So just see it. See your weakness. Bear the pain. In other words, feel if somebody comes up and slaps you, for example. This is, this is a good example. If someone slaps you, then, you know, you feel the pain. You can't help but feel the pain of the slap. But don't resent the person. See, feel the hurt, but not the hate. That's a better way of putting it. Feel the hurt, but not the hate. See? So when somebody says something that could make you resentful, or even does make you a little bit resentful. See it. Bear the pain of it. Bear the pain of seeing it. Don't resent it. Don't resent the pain. Just see it. It's a little bit painful. It's like going to have your tooth pulled. All right, there's a little bit of pain when the tooth is pulled, but then when it's over, then you're a lot better. Bear the little bit of pain, and it'll go away. It'll go away, but just bear it for a few seconds or whatever. Don't reach for resentment. Don't reach for the high of... See, resentment. See, the thing is, the moment you're separated from truth. See, see, truth also has a very nice um, restraining effect upon you. It calms the waters. It restrains you. It keeps you from going overboard and saying dumb things and doing wrong things and being angry and all that stuff. It restrains you. So... But when you separate from it, you're no longer restrained. And it's like a little bit of a high. It's like the pressure's taken away and everything bubbles out. So all of a sudden you're high, you're, you feel a little, your ego feels a little bit of high, high and mighty without the restraining of conscience, of God's light, of his love, of his patience, of wordless intuition without that restraint. Okay, there's a little high, but it's a high of hate. It's a high of judgment. You hate the other person, you resent the other person, you resent yourself, you resent God. You see what I mean? And then also emotions bubble and your body gets involved and you have all kinds of emotions and hormonal changes and changes in the blood and change in blood sugar and everything else that comes from being angry and from being upset. And then some suppression mechanisms, repression mechanisms come in. So bear the little bit of pain. Stay in the light. Stay in the light. See it. Don't resent it, and then it'll pass. And then, you know what? There you are standing in the light. Okay, you feel a little bit weak because you didn't call upon anger, upon animal strength. You didn't run away and flee. You're just standing there. You don't know what to say. You stand there, and the moment passes. But you remain in the light, and you remain safe. And you know what? The other person senses it. Somehow they sense it. At some unplumbed level, they sense that you didn't hate them. You didn't resent them. You di somehow you didn't give in to them. You didn't cop out and cave in and become weak. But then on the other hand, you didn't become angry. You just, it's magical. In other words, you're subject to another authority, to another realm. You're subject to God and to his light and to his love. You're not subject to the person. Do you understand? It's so beautiful. So I think I've made my point now. So now you can see what resentment is. So 
What I would recommend is that you get my little meditation. It's so simple. I have a free version. It's only seven minutes long, I think, or eight minutes long. I think it's eight minutes long. You can get it for free and give it a try. And it'll it'll teach you how to how to stay centered. That's what you need. See, then you can be a better Christian. You can be a better mom, a better dad, a better student, a better parent, a better kid. You can be a better anything, a better employee by not becoming resentful all the time and not becoming emotional and not getting your feelings hurt and not getting angry and not hating other people. Learn the secret of remaining calm and in the moment of stress. And then you will begin to experience the victory of overcoming evil with good. Christ said, Resent not, resist not evil. Remember? Now you understand. Resent not evil. Resent not evil. Resent not you know, personal offenses, let let them pass. Overlook little things that people say and do. Overlook them and don't become upset by them. Don't take umbrage at anything. Watch and you'll be amazed at, at the magic of it. challenging times in which we live, Roland has decided to make the complete four-part meditation exercise available for free to those who cannot afford a donation. The meditation exercise is a tool for dealing with stress and remaining centered. To listen to the complete four-part meditation exercise, simply go to SheddingShackles.com and click on the middle icon Meditation. We love hearing from you, so keep the comments and questions coming. Our listener call-in line is 510-455-8851. That's 510-455-8851. This is Jeremiah Trujillo wishing you better relationships and a better life. Remember there used to be a song? It was My Heart Belongs to Daddy. Or, and, and then there was a rock and roll song. Remember, it was, um, it was uh, one of those summer songs. Walk along the beach with someone new. Have yourself a summer fling or two. But just remember, I'm in love with you. And save your heart for me. Well, you've got to save your heart for your creator. Save your heart for him. And then you will be able to handle things well, and you'll be calm, and something will come through you that you don't even know is there, and what will come through you is love. Love will come through you, and it will be so beautiful when love comes through you. Do you understand? So now, do you see that a lot of our problems are overreaction? I remember one time, a long time ago, well, not so long ago, really, but I was working for a large corporation and a, a serious accident had, had happened and I, my responsibility was to go and investigate the accident. And a man had been rather severely injured when he was crushed underneath a collapsing crane boom. Well, to make a long story short, I worked with him for many, many months. 
and he rehabilitated himself. It was a beautiful thing. He survived. He worked hard at his rehabilitation. He had a great attitude, and about a year later, he was fine. And then I said goodbye, and we were friends. And But then I saw him again. I don't know, maybe a year or two later, I saw him again. And he said, I want to tell you something. I've never told anybody. I want to tell you. And I said, what, what do you want to tell me? He said, when the, when the accident happened, he said, I had gone into the office and the boss and a couple of workers were in there joking around and nobody wanted to come and help, help me to disassemble the crane boom. That's what he was supposed to do. And he said, I was angry. And he said, I went outside very angry and I started knocking the pins out of the crane boom in an angry way. And it was my mishandling of of that that caused the accident. See, he was angry. He was angry. So how many situations have you mishandled because you were emotional? So now you're a big, big person now. Now you can get the meditation. You can learn to sit quietly and be still. And you can learn to seek your Creator, to seek the ground of your being, to find His spiritual light within, and then walk in the light, and love the light, and live in the light, and express the light. And the more you do that, the calmer you will become. And the more now the windows of heaven will open and so many blessings will be poured out upon you that you can't help but delight. You can't help but be grateful. You can't help but be filled with joy. Do you understand? So even your joy, even your delight, all of those even begin with your Creator. He is the beginning and the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. And He is love and He is light. Find your Creator. Respond to Him. Love Him. Be with Him. One of my favorite little books is called A Short and Easy Method of Prayer. In English, it's often translated as Finding God Through Prayer or Experiencing God Through Prayer by Madame Jeanne Guillon. She was a nice lady, a mystic, and she wrote this little book. And she says, learn to, be, to sit quietly and be still and wait for your Creator to come to you. It's so sweet and so beautiful and so true. So you don't have to be a Paul or a John to, to find God. You don't have to be. You find him. And it's beautiful. And then you go about your business and, and God gives you gifts. Yes, he may require something of you. He may. But it's generally maybe just not resenting other people and perhaps and setting a good example. And maybe at the time, at a certain time, in a certain place, you may be able to say a little something that would be a godsend, a help to people, to someone. 
or you may be able to lend a little helping hand in some way. That's, that's, that's all God requires of you. If he requires more, then he'll make you know. If he doesn't make you know, then there's nothing else required of you. Isn't it beautiful? All your life, people have pressured you. You got to do more. You got to study more. You got to work harder. You got to make more money. You got to give more to the poor. You got to volunteer more. You got to work harder. Pressure. God doesn't pressure you. He just wants you to, to know, to come to know him and not to resent other people. That's mainly what he requires of you. The ideal spiritual person who begins meditating and as the years pass begins to move to higher levels of consciousness again from which they had descended when they sinned. That, that person has very few memories, very few. And the few memories that it has are of something good happening, but very little, very little memory. Every day is fresh and you live in the blithe, carefree present and look forward to new adventures, new realizations, new understandings, new beautiful moments with God. So now do you understand why you have to come back to your Creator? So how about, first of all, learning to sit still and realize God. And it's not so hard. So if you could just sit still and get out of your thoughts, they're always trying to distract you and mislead you. They don't want you to sit still and be close to God. They don't want you to be sorry. They don't want you to be sweet. They want you to be resentful and angry and prideful. See? And they want to distract you and lead you away in a dreamboat of daydreaming. You have to learn to stand back from them or they'll just lead you away to oblivion. So the meditation is helpful because it helps you to learn how to sit still and get out of thoughts that mislead you and come back to reality and experience reality. And reality is actually beautiful. So that's the other thing. How about all these things now? You're not free. You're not free. You want to be free. You want to live in paradise again? It begins in the mind, you know. Let those things go. Get my meditation. Take three meditations a day. One in the morning, one at noon, one in the evening. Until next time, Lord willing, and the Greek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you.
Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.